How are you all doing? You doing well? So this series, it's all about who do you think you are? I don't know how many times, I can remember one time um, when uh, we shifted down to Porirua from Tauranga, um, where I grew up till I was eight years of age, and I shifted down to Porirua, and I went along to, I ended up in an intermediate called Waitangaroa Intermediate, and um, it was about 85% Polynesian, and, um, and that was okay, I had no problem with that, except for the all really big people, like the guys were bigger than me, but I was little with a smart mouth. Does anybody relate to that? Anybody got a kid like that? Their talk is way bigger than their bite. And I just was a bit stupid, and I would just mouth off a little bit, and I don't know how many times I heard this, who do you think you are, at the same time. You know, there's this whole thing about, people say that to us all the time, don't they? Who do you think you are? Or, or another way of saying who do you think you are would be if you go out somewhere, I don't know if your parents were like my parents, not so much my dad, but definitely my mum, and we would go to somebody's house for dinner, and before we got out of the car, let me know if, if your parent was like this. Right, this is how we behave, Yes. We say please, we say thank you, you don't, you know, like mum just laid down the law of this is how we behave, this is who we are, and this is how we behave, and, and if you didn't behave that way, mum would look at you while you're at the dining room table with a big smile on her face looking at you, and everyone would think, oh, she loves her kids, but we knew that smile meant when you get home, you're going to get a whooping. Because there's particular ways that, got, that my mum expected us to behave. And the whole thing about understanding who we are is that when you know who you are, then you know what to do. So many people, I think, don't know what to do with their lives because they actually don't know who they are. They don't know how to behave. They don't know what to do. They don't know where to go. They don't know what to say because they don't know who they are. And when you understand who you are, then you'll know what to do. And as Christ followers, there is nothing regular about you and me. We are not regular people. You need to understand that the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead is the same spirit that is alive in you. You're not regular. You're spectacular. You have access to the very throne room of God that is not regular. Regular people don't get that. There's nothing regular about you as a Christ follower. You have the authority of the name above all names, and when you mention it, every demon and demonic thing in hell has to bow to that name. You're You're not regular. You are not a regular person. Some of you aren't excited about that. I don't know why, because there's nothing regular about you. And when you know who you are, then you know what to do. Corinthians 5, 17 says this. It says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, Are there any people in Christ here today? If you didn't put your hand up, we'll pray for you afterwards. (laughs) He is a new creation. The old has gone, the new has come, and God has committed to us the message of reconciliation. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors, as though God were making his appeal through us, We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. God made him who had no sin to be sin for us so that in him we might become 
the righteousness of God. He starts off here by saying, if you are in Christ, you are a new creation. New creations have new purposes. The things that you used to do before you knew Christ are not the things that you do now. New things have new purposes. You don't necessarily use old things for new purposes because sometimes they don't fit. But if you are in Christ, if you have decided to become a Christ follower, you are a new creation and there is a new purpose for you. You've got to understand who you are so that you know what to do. And that purpose for us is that he has committed to us a message. A message. Well, I'm not sure God wants to use me. I'm not sure that God wants to do anything with my life. Hey, hey, God has committed to you a message of reconciliation. It's your calling. It's your ministry. He's committed it to you. What is reconciliation? It's you becoming the go-between between God and man to see them reconciled to him as though that you are speaking on his behalf himself to those that don't know him. You are a new creation with a new purpose, with a calling to bring a message to see people reconciled to God. We, therefore, because of all of that, we are therefore God's ambassadors. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors. I want to tell you who you are today. One of the things that you are today is you're an ambassador. You're an ambassador for God. God has committed to you a message of reconciliation as though he were making the appeal through, as if Christ was appealing to those that don't know him through you. And when you know who you are, you know what to do. And you, my friend, are an ambassador sent by God himself. How cool is that? Okay, Heather's on board. Well, you might be like, well, what's, what's an ambassador? Hopefully you know what an ambassador is. But if you don't, the simplest way that I could describe to you what an ambassador is, is an ambassador is the highest ranking diplomat sent from one country to another country to represent the country it was sent from. So if you're an ambassador for New Zealand, when you go to that other country, you are representing New Zealand in that country. In fact, Everywhere where there's an embassy in the world, where the embassy is owned by a different country, whether it be uh, New Zealand, Australia, America, whatever, the land that the embassy is built on is not considered the land of the country that you're in, but it's actually considered the territory of the country that you're representing. And so if I was the ambassador to Egypt, Egypt would not be my home. I would be the highest ranking diplomat of the New Zealand government, in Egypt, but Egypt is not my home because I'm representing New Zealand. Here's the thing, the same is true for you and I. If we are a Christ follower, you are the highest ranking diplomat sent by God from heaven to earth. Earth is not your home. You are sent here to represent the King of Kings, the kingdom that you have been sent from. You represent the Lord of Lords. And when you know who you are, then you know what to do. I am not regular. I am not normal. You are not regular and you are not just a normal person. You are Christ's ambassador. You are a representation of the kingdom of heaven here on earth. 
Are you, are you with me? Come on, talk to me today. You are Christ's ambassador sent by God from heaven to earth. Now you might be like, man, if I said to my friends, I'm an ambassador, my friends would say, bro, you ain't an ambassador. What you are is a hot mess. That's what you are. I mean, you don't even know your Bible properly. You still mess things up. You still say stupid things. You're not an ambassador. Every single person in this room at times says stupid things, especially if you're married. Everyone says dumb stuff. Everybody does stupid things. None of us are perfect. No, not one. We've all fallen short of the glory of God. But that doesn't stop you being an ambassador. Just because you don't always get things perfect doesn't mean that you're not a representation of Christ here on earth when you've given your life to Him. It doesn't change your status. It doesn't change your position. And if you're a Christ follower, you are Christ's ambassador. If you are here today and you have chosen to follow Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, it's not optional. You are an ambassador representing him, which is pretty cool because the first thing that that means is that you're not elected by people, but you're chosen and appointed by God. So it's not about getting the popular vote. It's not about people liking you and deciding, oh, yeah, that can be. It's you're anointed and appointed by God to do this role. It's not up to other people. It's not up to what others say. It doesn't matter what anybody else thinks. You are not elected by people, but you were chosen and appointed by God. John 15 puts it this way. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you to go and bear fruit. In other words, to go and be an ambassador, fruit that will last As it is, you do not belong to the world, but I have chosen you out of the world. In other words, he's saying here, hey, it wasn't a vote for you to hold this role. You didn't choose me. I chose you and I appointed you to be my ambassador that bears fruit. And I've chosen you out of the world to be a minister into the world. He says, I've appointed you to go and bear fruit, fruit that will last, and you don't belong to this world. This isn't your home, you're from heaven and you're an ambassador, and I've chosen you out of this world. He has chosen you and appointed you. It doesn't matter what anybody else thinks. It doesn't matter what anybody else says. It doesn't matter what your past says. It doesn't matter what your teacher has said. It doesn't matter what your parents have said or your siblings have said or your friends that you thought were friends have said. Jesus chose you. If you are a Christ follower, it's not your brilliance that got you following him, but because he chose you. You've been chosen, appointed to bear fruit, to represent him, to be an ambassador. Then you might be like, man, actually, if I'm honest with you, I probably say this just as much as you do. I actually don't feel like I'm good enough to be Christ's ambassador. Because I'm not, sometimes I don't feel like I'm caring enough. Sometimes I don't feel like I'm strong enough. Sometimes I don't feel like I'm adequate enough. Sometimes I don't feel, and you can all feel that. 
you know, like, well, I can't do that because I'm not, I'm not, I'm not. Whatever is the excuse that you have been using, God doesn't care because he has chosen you and he has appointed you. God saw all the stuff where you have failings and faults and he chose you and he appointed you to do this. Listen to this in Acts 9.15. God's talking to Ananias about the Apostle Paul, who wasn't the Apostle Paul at the time. But the Lord said to Ananias, Go, this man is my chosen instrument to carry my name before the Gentiles. Now you have to understand that prior to Paul's conversion moment where he gives his life to Christ, Prior to that, he's the one going around killing Christians left, right, and center. He's murdering them. In fact, at the stoning of Stephen in the book of Acts, it says that they put Stephen's clothes at the foot of Paul while he watched on while they stoned him to death. Paul was a murderous, evil, evil man. And so when he had this conversion experience, you can imagine it, that he rocks up um, and he's like, I'm a Christian now. And they're like, sure you are. Like, you were just killing my brother last week, and I'm meant to embrace you this week? You think about that for a lot of these Christians who had lost loved ones because of Paul, and now they're meant to embrace him? And Ananias is having this, this time where he's struggling with this concept, and so God has to speak to him, and he says, he is my chosen Instrument. In other words, I don't care what he has done, and I don't care what your opinion is of him. He's my chosen instrument to reach the Gentiles. And we know that Paul went on to write two-thirds of the New Testament and was the chosen instrument that saw the Gentiles come to Christ left, right, and center. But he's not an instrument that we would choose, but he's God's chosen instrument. He's saying here, he's my ambassador to the Gentiles. I've chosen him and appointed him to represent heaven on earth to the Gentiles. He is my chosen instrument. And so if you're here and you're like, God can't use me because of this, that, and the other thing, friend, I'm here to tell you, you are his chosen instrument. Your failings on your your stuff that you've done in the past does not eliminate God using you. And you need to understand that you're God's chosen instrument to be an ambassador to a certain group of people that maybe you're around. Maybe it's in your workplace, the people you work with. You're God's chosen instrument to represent him to the people you work with. It could be people in your family. Nobody else in your family knows Christ. Well, God's decided that you're the chosen instrument to represent him as an ambassador to your family and do the ministry of reconciliation. It could be people in your football team that God has sent you to to be his ambassador and represent him to those in your football team. He's chosen you to represent him. Maybe he's called you to, to run a connect group and you say, well, I don't, I don't know how to do that. I don't know how to do studies or whatever. Here, here's the thing. If this is what God is calling you to do, he has chosen you and he has appointed you and you are to be the ambassador that he has called you to do in spite of all your concerns. You may feel burdened to 
share your faith with a friend, but you're like, but she's not a Christian, and she and she she hates the church, and she says all sorts of stuff about it. It doesn't matter. You're God's chosen instrument for that person. You're His ambassador, called by God, sent to represent Him here on earth. And when you know who you are, then you know what to do. Are you with me today? You are God's chosen instrument. Doesn't matter what anybody thinks, doesn't matter what anybody says, you are chosen and appointed by God. Not by people, not by the pastor, not by me, by God. And when you believe that, when you understand who you really are in Christ, it will change your life. It will change your life. Because you won't walk into situations with any fear. You'll walk into situations knowing, I've been chosen and appointed for this moment. I've been chosen and appointed to represent God in this situation. I've been chosen and appointed to be his ambassador right here, right now, in this situation. And so I don't need to step into it in fear or worry or doubt or concern about what's about to happen because I have been chosen and appointed for this time. Now, in saying all that, don't go in and be stupid. It's called a diplomat because it's diplomatic, not yeah, filthy rotten sinner, you're going to hell. If you do that, I'll punch you in the face. <laughs> Jesus doesn't do that, yeah? Jesus always showed grace first and then truth because grace invites you to be free and truth sets you free. We are to be his representation. The second thing is as Christ's ambassadors, you never represent yourself. You always represent God. You, you are not representing yourself here. You are representing God. If I am the ambassador to Egypt, I'm not there to promote my agenda. I'm not there to promote my values. I'm not there to promote my ideas. I'm there to promote the agenda, the values, and the ideas of the government that sent me. I'm not representing myself. I'm representing this country. And you, my friend, you represent the government of the kingdom of God. You represent the King of kings and the Lord of lords. It is never about you. It has never, ever been about you. Jesus is the ultimate ambassador and what he said, we should say also, and he said this in John 6.38, For I have come down from heaven not to do my will, but to do the will of him who sent me. In other words, he said, I'm not here on my own agenda. I'm not here to do the things that I want to do. I'm not here to do the stuff that I think should be done. I'm here to do the will of him who sent me. And so when we walk for our lives, it's not about what I think or what I value or what, but it's what, what does the kingdom value? What does the kingdom say? What does the king want from me? And in this society, in this culture that we live in, 
that's such a hard thing because we've all been told, you know, you've got to look after yourself and do what's best for you and all that sort of stuff. And you know what? There are times where you've got to look after yourself. Don't get me wrong. But it's not about you. You're an ambassador. You represent the values and the agenda of the kingdom. You're called to represent Christ in everything you do. And before you point fingers at others and hold them to a higher standard than you're holding yourself to, let's just remember that we're all called to do this. Not just some, but all of us. You know, um, I was uh, meeting up with a uh, fellow pastor in Auckland City about three weeks ago just to check in with him and see how he's going and He's had a really, really rough time in the last uh, two and a bit years. And so I thought I'd just check in with him and make sure he was okay. And uh, I was there at Commercial Bay, which is like an eatery area down there. And, and I'm waiting for him to turn up. And, and he obviously uh, you know, was running by Fiji time um, because obviously 12.30 didn't mean 12.30 to him. Uh, it meant more like about 1 p.m. Uh, so he's, I had to try and fix his watch for him, because somehow it was broken. Um, I'm sorry, I, was, I brought up in a family where, where my dad would say to him, if you're 10 minutes early, you're late, so I kind of have an issue with people that are late all the time, please forgive me. Um, and while I'm waiting for him, this, this, this guy sits down on the bench beside me and he says hello, and I say hello back, because you know, you're meant to be friendly. But I'm not really the kind of person that loves to just chat to strangers. Does anybody, does anybody get... You know, oh, you don't have to do that. I'm not the sort of person that's really comfortable with talking to strangers. Um, and, and he's like, oh, what are you doing here? And I'm like, oh, I'm just waiting for a friend. And, and he's wanting to have a conversation. He's starting to talk to me about, what do you do for a living? And I'm like, bro, we are just here on a bench at Commercial Bay waiting for people to turn up so we can eat. This is not... This is not an interview. This is not, I don't know you. I'm not going to open up my life to you. No, this is, you know, you're like, you're a pastor. What are you doing? I said, that's just who I am. You know, I'm like, I'm just not cool with that kind of stuff, even though I know I should be. And anyway, so he asks, and I thought, well, there's one way to shut down this conversation. I'll tell him what I do for a living. Because <laughs> every time I'm on the plane and somebody sits beside me, if I want to have a rest, I just tell them what I do for a living and they'll leave me alone for the whole entire flight. <laughs> and so I thought I'd just tell this guy what I do for a living and that'll, that'll shut it all down and I'll be all right. So I said to him, I actually pastor a church. He goes, oh, that's so awesome because I've been thinking about God lately. And I'm like, oh. <laughs> I wanted to pull my phone out and go, Steve, hurry up. Oh, yeah, what have you been thinking? And he had all these questions. All these questions. Some of them were just the weirdest things I've ever heard in my life. But obviously, he just heard a whole... I would suggest to you that he had met people that were meant to be ambassadors that actually didn't represent the agenda of heaven, but represented their own agenda. And so he was confused. And I'm talking to him. And I'm answering his questions. And he's like, man, you're the most normal pastor I've ever met, which I took as a compliment. Because <laughs> you're meant to be super natural, not super weird. 
yeah, or a super spook. And, and I'm talking to him away and all that, and then after I see Steve is coming towards me, he's finally turned up, and before I can even say to this guy, hey, you should go to church, he just says, hey, thanks so much for that conversation, sorry, help me so much, you have a great day, and he walked off. And I'm like, I'm, and Steve goes, oh, who was that? Is that a friend of yours? I said, no, I don't know him at all. And I told Steve the story, and Steve goes, oh, man, I'm so glad I was late. Because <laughs> obviously this was the appointed time for you and that guy. And I'll never forget that that we can be in so much of a hurry to do our stuff that we forget that we're actually here as ambassadors. And when you know who you are, then you know what to do. And don't do what I did initially and try and fob them off. Do what I should have done and engage with them immediately because that's what we do. That's what an ambassador does. And you know what? It wasn't about inviting him to church. Not everything's about getting people through the doors. Sometimes it's just about representing God in that moment. And when you believe that's who you are, when you believe that's what God's called you to do, when you know what to do, I promise you, you'll see opportunities all around you that you've never, ever seen before. Now, here's the problem. As I share that story with a little bit of trepidation, because I know there's going to be a bunch of you sitting there and go, I could never do that. I didn't want to do it either. You might think I'm really, really friendly, but I'm not. Seriously. My, my kids always hassle me all the time that I've got no friends. It's not too far off the truth. There's maybe two or three. Here's the thing. You're going to say, I can't do this. I can't speak on behalf of God. But here's the thing. Your problem is is that you're thinking that you have to speak with your authority instead of speaking with the authority that's been given to you. And Paul, the Apostle Paul, over and over again said things like, I'm not an eloquent speaker. I just preach the power of the gospel. He said, I am the least of the apostles. In other words, all the other apostles, they're like up here and I'm way down here somewhere in the dirt. I am the least of the apostles. They're all up there. I'm a, I'm a low guy. And he goes, I just do this in the authority that has been given to me by Christ. Second Corinthians 10, 8 says this, I may seem to be boasting too much about the authority given to us by the Lord, but our authority builds you up. It does not tear you down. There's a key for how to reach people. So I will not be ashamed of using my authority. In other words, he's saying, you've got to understand that the authority that I have is not my authority. It's God's authority, and that's why I boast in it so much, because it's not about me, it's about Him. And if I try to do this in my authority, I'm going to have a problem. But if I do this in God's authority, then we're going to get somewhere, and we're going to see lives transformed and changed. That's why the seven sons of Siva never understood when they tried to cast a demon out of a man, and they turned around, and the demon said to him, Paul we know, Christ we know, but who the hell are you? And they beat them up, stripped them naked, and kicked them out of the house because they went in with their own authority instead of going in with God's authority. When David is facing Goliath, 
What does he say? You come at me with swords and spears, but I come at you with what? The name of the Lord Most High. He understood the only way I can defeat Goliath is not in my ability, but in the authority that Christ has given me. In the authority of God, I can defeat him. But it's not in my authority. And so often we can spend so much of our time trying to command the devil to do this and do that and do the other thing and get off my life and I bind that up and, I and I'm not necessarily against all of those things, but we miss one particular scripture that we never hear about when it comes to spiritual warfare and it's this one. Submit yourself to God. Resist the devil and he'll flee from you. You can spend hours inside your closet binding everything from the next door neighbor's cat it was a joke. <laughs> Two, all my past stuff from my, go back to my great, great, great grandmother and bind it all up and bind that and bind this and loose that and loose that. And I'm not saying that we shouldn't pray for some of those things, but can I give you a key of how to defeat the enemy? Submit to God. And in submitting to God, you'll resist the devil and he'll flee from you. I wonder if we just put more energy in submitting our lives to God instead of binding everything under the sun. Just a thought. See, he says here that he's not ashamed to use the authority because he knows it's not his power. He knows it's God's power. The only way I can kind of put this to you would be if I stood in the middle of the main street and put my hand up like this, and you saw me, you'd probably run over me. If you didn't run over me, you'd definitely beep at me, show me something out the window, and abuse me. Would I suggest that would be true for those fellow road rage people in the congregation today? I had a little bit of road rage yesterday. Um, I can't stand at people that drive 60 kilometres in a 100k area. It's like, what is wrong with you? <laughs> you have a car that can do 200 kilometres an hour and you're going 60 kilometres an hour. You should not have a car nor your licence. You should be catching the bus. If you can't put your foot down and drive at the speed limit, get off the flipping road. But if I stood in the middle of the road, people would just drive around me, they'd abuse me, they'd toot their horn at me, some people might just run me over. Why? Because I have no authority to stand in the middle of the road and tell someone to stop. But if I stood in the middle of the road wearing a police uniform with a badge, all of a sudden everybody stops. Why? Because do I have authority now? No, I don't have any more authority than I, when I didn't have the uniform on. What I have is authority that's behind me that's been given to me. I'm not powerful. It's the fact that I'm representing and holding up the law for the power that's behind me. And it's the same for you. You're not powerful when you stand in front of the enemy and declare that it should leave or walk, but you're powerful when you understand that you're an ambassador, that you're a representation of God here on earth, that when you speak, He speaks, and then you have the authority to speak all of His agenda, all of His 
his values, all the things that he believes. And so therefore we can stand in front of somebody sick and command healing because healing comes from heaven. We can stand in front of somebody who's demonic and cast the demon out. Why? Because that power comes from heaven. We can stand there and declare the goodness of God and see people give their lives to Christ. Why? Not because of our authority, but because of who we are in Christ. We're our ambassadors. We're a representation of the very Government of heaven, the King of kings has sent us to represent us on his behalf. And we don't speak of what we believe, we speak of what he believes. And because we speak his words, we have his authority and things shift and change and move. Just like they did for Jesus. And when I look through the, through the New Testament, I see that over and over again in the early church and there's people healed and the blind saw and the deaf heard, but it wasn't them as authority that they had in God. When you understand the authority that is behind you and the authority that you're representing, then all the pressure comes off you. When my kids were little, they would fight every now and then every now and then. And Madison would always beat up her brother because she's kind of a bully when she was younger. She got the shock of her life though when she was about 18, I think it was, and Seth realised that he was actually taller than her, stronger than her. And they were play fighting once and he just threw her onto the ground and stood over her like a... And the look on her face was one of shock and horror. I don't think they've play fight ever since. But when they were little, she used to bully him. And I can remember Seth coming into me when he was about four years of age, and she was eight at the time, and coming into me, Dad, Madison's doing this and this, and she won't stop. I've asked her to stop, and she won't stop it. She just keeps on hitting me, and she won't stop hitting me. And I said, you tell her to go and stop. Okay, so she, he goes and says, you need to stop, Madison. She just keeps doing it anyway. She used to do this thing. She used to terrorise my poor niece as I'd sit beside each other in the back of the car and, um, and they'd be in car seats and Madison would have a rock in her hand and she'd just sit there the whole time like this. And Erica would be there going, she's going to throw the rock at me, she's going to throw the rock at me. And Madison's just like, I'm just holding it. I'm just holding it. You think she's nice and lovely, she's a terror. Seth comes back in and he goes, she's not, she's not stopping there. She's not stopping. I said, I'll tell you what. I did what every parent does, yeah? Because we can't be bothered getting off our butts to go and deal with it ourselves. Can I get an amen? amen? So we just send them with our authority. You tell her that I said she needs to stop or there's going to be a butt whipping. He walks in there. Dad said you have to stop. And all of a sudden, What happens? It stops, not because Seth had authority, but because he was carrying my authority. You carry God's authority. You're not powerful, but God's powerful. And when you carry his authority, you have the same power. What's crazy for me when I think about the early church who operated in this power of God, who saw the blind eye see and the deaf ears hear, who saw the dead raised and the demon possessed delivered. The crazy thing about that is my Bible says, and, I'm, and, and it's hard for me to get my mind around this, and it's going to be hard for you as well. 
But my Bible says in the New Testament, says that we as believers shall do even greater things. I don't know about you, but I haven't seen anyone raised from the dead yet when I've prayed for them. But God is saying you, you can do greater things. Why? Because you're not regular. You're not regular Christians. You're ambassadors. You're an ambassador of Christ, appointed and called by God to represent heaven on earth. You weren't elected by people. You were appointed and chosen by God. You never represent yourself. You're always representing God. Why? Because like Paul, you can say, I have been crucified with Christ. My old life is gone. My new life has come. And it's no longer I that live. It's no longer I that you see. But it's Christ living through me. And you can just say, I'm a stay-at-home mum. But you're not a stay-at-home mum. You're an ambassador raising the next generation of world changers. You're called by God in your home with a divine appointment to raise world changers. Well, I'm just a student. No, you're not a student. You're an ambassador in your chemistry class, and you're an ambassador in your school, and you're an ambassador to your teachers, called by God to represent him. Well, I'm just an entry-level bank teller. No, you're not. You're not an entry-level bank teller. You're a secret agent of the Most High God, planted in the bank to represent Christ to people that you see all the time. Because when you know who you are, then you'll know what to do and how to behave and what to do. And friend, if you're a Christ follower, the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead lives and abides within you. And you are a representation of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And you carry His authority with you. Because when you know who you are, you know what to do. And you are an ambassador. An ambassador, not chosen by people, but chosen by God. You are not a nobody. You are not just a regular, run-of-the-mill person. You are his ambassador. Here, in this moment, tomorrow, in your workplace, today, in your home, you represent him always, and you always carry the authority of him who sent you. And it's not about how well you are or how great you have been. It's about who you are in him. And you are his ambassador. Said right at the start that if you are in Christ, you are a new creation being given the message of reconciliation. We, therefore, because of all of that, we are Christ's ambassadors to the world around us. I don't know every single person in this room, and I don't know what you've ever been told about yourself, but the thing about this series is I'm hoping by the end of it, you'll actually understand who you really are, that you are not a loser, that you are not insignificant, that you are not inadequate. God has chosen you and appointed you. You are special. You are unique. You are powerful. You are amazing. You are a representation of who He is. You're phenomenal. And that by the end of the series, my prayer is, is that you would walk differently, that you'd know who you are in Christ, but not just know who you are, then you'll know what to do. Because so many people say to me, Craig, well, what does God want me to do with your life? He wants you to be an ambassador. 
That's what he wants. Next week, we're going to look at the masterpiece. But that's what he wants. God, the Bible is filled with what he's called you to do. And we get this whole thing where I've got to have this specific plan about what it is that God has called me to do. You know the problem with thinking like that? Because I used to think like that. It actually becomes more about me than it becomes about him. What special thing do I have just for me? No, 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 no. Not what do I have just for me. What is it that you want me to do for you? Because I don't represent me. I represent him. What is it that you've called me to do? As Jesus said, not my will, your will. So what has God been asking you to do that you've been saying no to? That you need to say yes to? Why don't we all close our eyes just for a moment? Every single one of you are amazing, amazing people created in the image of God. Every single person, whether they know Christ or not, whether they're a Christ follower or not, every single one of us has been created in His image. But if you are a Christ follower, it's more than that. You've become His ambassador here. You represent Him. All of heaven's authority comes with you. When you represent the agenda and the values of the one who sent you. And I just want to ask you today, it's like if you're here and you're like, man, I... I really think I need to, I just really need you to pray for me that I would actually understand that, that I'm Christ's ambassador, that I, I want to represent him. I really want to represent him well. I want to represent him in my workplace, in my family. I'm going to stop making excuses for, for why I can't because of my past, or what people have said, or even my failings right now. I'm going to step out. I'm going to start to trust him and I'm going to pursue him with everything i got. I want to be his ambassador. I want to walk in his authority, not my authority. I want to be a person that can submit to him and watch the devil flee. I want to be that kind of a person in every sphere of my life. If you're here today and you're like, man, I'd love it. Craig, if you could just pray for me that God would do a work in me that would help me to push through all the reasons why I don't think I can be this and actually step in and say, you know who I am? I am an ambassador. I know who I am and therefore I know what I need to do. If you're here today and you're like, man, would you pray for me that it would become known to me internally in every part of my world that I am actually Christ's ambassador, that this truth would cement itself in my life in such a way that it permeates every area of my life. If you're here today and you're like, man, Craig, would you pray for me that that would manifest itself in my life, that I'd really see myself as Christ's ambassador and and would love you to pray for me to help me with that. Why don't you just lift your hand up right now in this place? Every single person there, you're like, man, I really want to be his representative. Awesome. Why don't we all stand to our feet and we're just going to pray. Father, we thank you that you didn't come just to save our lives, but you came to make us all that you designed us to be. That yes, we may have inadequacies, yes, we may have stuff, but 
you still chose us and appointed us to be your ambassadors. And I pray right now for every single person that lifted their hand, or maybe if they didn't lift their hand, Father, the power of the Holy Ghost would come alive on the inside of them in such a way that they start to realise, I'm actually representing Christ. I don't need to go into situations and, and fear or panic or worry because I represent the kingdom of heaven everywhere I go, whether it be the supermarket, whether it be the service station, whether it be my workplace, whether it be my home, whether it be my relationship with my wife or my relationship with my kids. Everywhere that I go, my football club, everywhere that I go, I am a representation of the kingdom. I am an ambassador for Christ and I have the authority behind me to represent His agenda and His values and to minister the message of reconciliation to see those come to Christ who don't know Him. Father, I pray right now that that would cement itself in our lives today that we'd really, really know that we are ambassadors and because we know who we are, we're gonna know what we need to do and that we would see lives change, not just ours, but every single life around us change as we understand it's not in my authority, but I'm here in God's authority. And when God speaks, everything changes. And so Father, cement that in our lives. Help us to represent You well. In Jesus' Name, Amen. Awesome. Hey, have an amazing week being ambassadors. And yeah, stick around and have tea and coffee with us and get to know us. It'll be really, really cool. Don't forget to sign up for the Welcome to Revive lunch. Don't forget to sign up for the 100-year celebration. If you need help with that, just come and talk to someone. We're more than happy to help you. But otherwise, we'll see you all next Sunday. God bless. Have great weeks and enjoy the sun this afternoon.